Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. You know, I mean, but then then every once in a while, you know, you have to acknowledge who you're sending them to in some way. So at that point, yes. But my, my feeling is you can only use these cards this one year. So use them up because they'll grow so much in a year. Oh, sure. You know, so, you you know, it, like I was criticized by my son. I mean, if we're getting into criticisms back. You're not even naming this son? I was criticized by my <laughs> son. son. I don't have. I only have one. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Can I mention uh, that I watched a clip that Greg Garcia sent me of his son's television debut in a show called Station 17, and I loved it. I just thought it was great. Um, Maybe Greg will join us during the holiday week. We're going to do shows Christmas week, New Year's. We're going to do shows. I have nothing else to do. I'm an old man. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to Florida or anything because of the virus. So we're going to do some shows. We'll have Greg on. So Greg's son, his name is Camden Garcia. Do you think that's his real name or did he take that as a stage name? I don't know that for a fact. Nigel, do you know? Is that is that his son's? He's got I two be- sons, right? I, I that- believe that is his actual well, name. Three sons. Enough. Not in nom de plume. I think that's his actual Cam, name. Wouldn't you want to use the name Garcia if you wanted to get a start in the television business? Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, he'd know it's Camden Garcia. Yeah, I know. That's- but I'm saying, it's because I wrote him a note. I said, you, I didn't know your son's name was Camden or, or your other's name, Newark and Trenton. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't get anything back. And I said, okay, maybe that wasn't that funny. But I could have said, well, my daughter's name is Elizabeth and my son, my son is East Rutherford. I'm working on it, Greg. I'm trying here. But I didn't get anything back. So I don't know. Anyway, it's it's called Station 17, and it's, it's uproariously. Whatever it's called. It doesn't matter. It's on television. It just doesn't matter. Um, so we, we didn't talk about the Washington football team. We weren't involved on Tuesday. They won, very surprisingly, I felt, beating Pittsburgh. Uh, Chuck Todd had that. He had, it, they had them covering, and they won outright. Uh, they played well. Alex Smith, who scares me every time he plays, that he's, his leg's going to literally fall off. I actually believe that. That's just going to break off, but and he had blood on his. They assured oh, us that's his other leg. It's the other, it's the, the non-surgically other repaired leg. Because I don't worry about it, even though he's bleeding, he's gushing blood. Don't worry about it because it's not the bad it's like leg. A piece of art. Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. Like a cascading yes. thing of blood. He didn't seem to care about it's that. The he, good leg. He played very well. He doesn't throw it deep. He puts his whole body into. He it. doesn't throw it deep anymore. He can't. But but he you know neither can Roethlisberger. Can't throw it deep. They've but Roethlisberger, they, they rushed him hard. And, and for a guy game. who's immobile, he gets away. He gets away. So that was a, a lovely win for the locals. Gift gift of a penalty on a fourth down. Oh, my goal. God, yes. An interference call or some sort of call uh, when Alex Smith was running to the right-hand side. Had no one to throw to. It, it was They were not going to score, and that was a gift penalty. And I was writing texts to my son, my one son, Michael, and I said, run it in. Just run it in. Hand the ball off four straight times. Run it in. And they didn't, you know, they weren't trying to do that. Anyway, speaking of football, the Dallas Cowboys stink, and I'm delighted. They're (laughs) terrible because Baltimore had lost, like, four straight games. Baltimore ran right through them like they were Swiss cheese. They're terrible, Dallas. Swiss Swiss cheese with the holes. Yeah, the good Swiss cheese. They're terrible. And, And it's not the coach's fault. No, it's Jerry Jones's fault. Jerry Jones makes all the drafts. Jerry Jones signs all these people to extensions. Look, I like Jerry Jones. He's great if you're covering a team. I'm just saying it's his fault. 
you know, you can fire Mike McCarthy and fire Mike. They fire them all. It doesn't matter. So then the most telling thing is early when it's fourth down, Lamar Jackson goes, no, I'm good. We got this. Just runs right in it. Just r- runs. No one touches anybody. When you get to the line of scrimmage, you're untouched. You sort of say, wow, no one has touched me. Let me run 30 more yards. They are just awful, Dallas. Just awful. Um, I wanted to. I wanted to talk to a very small group of people who are listening, and they have to be pretty old. They honestly have to be pretty old. I want to mention the fact that Chuck Yeager has died. If you don't know who Chuck Yeager is, he was the first person to break the sound barrier. He was a test pilot. He was a test pilot for Bell. Um, he received great fame with the writing and the filming of Tom Wolfe's The Right Stuff. Um, Chuck Yeager died at 97 years old. I am disappointed in the Washington Post that this is not an A1 obituary. It should be an A1 obituary. Chuck Yeager's an American hero. Uh, Chuck Yeager is, is, didn't even want to be an astronaut. He just he felt that the astronauts, and all of the astronauts are more famous than Chuck Yeager. Every single one of the original seven Mercury astronauts is more famous than Chuck Yeager. And Tom Wolfe and the movie, you know, assured that that would happen. Although Tom Wolfe play, pays great tribute and homage to Chuck Yeager in the book. And he is also in the movie. He's at that, in that bar in California. He's the barkeep in the bar. It's a cameo role. Chuck Yeager said, I don't want to be an astronaut. I don't want to be spam in a can. I, I want to I push the levers myself. I don't want to do what somebody else tells me. No thanks. Because he was the best. He was the best test pilot ever in America. He was the guy, you know, in the glamorous Glynis, named for his first wife. They dropped, him, they dropped him out of the bigger plane. He hit the engine. He gunned it and boom, went through the sound barrier. And it was a, a Bell One, I think, a Bell One plane. Um, Tom Wolfe writes about, Tom Wolfe is just such a great writer. And Tom Wolfe writes about the ziggurat, about the, the ladder up to greatness. And at the very top of this ladder are people with the right stuff. That's what the title comes from. And he talks about, you know, John Glenn, and he talks about Alan Shepard and Gus Grissom and all the original seven. And if you have seen that movie, it's an unforgettably great movie. It goes on a little bit too long. The ending should have happened a little bit earlier than it did, but it is a great great piece of work. Nigel, you love the, the right stuff, don't you? It's great. Movie. Absolutely. Well, England doesn't exactly have a great space program ourselves. Right. We well, got so Eddie great. the Eagle. You got That's Eddie true. the Eagle. <laughs> That's true. That's he goes true, into but... outer space. He does. <laughs> so. but it really is. It's just fantastic. I mean, the, the Jiminy Seven. Uh, I mean, everything about that movie is just, you're right. It does go on just a tad too long. It does. It does. But it's just wonderful. It does. It really is. But you, but you need, you, you, everyone needs to see it. And more importantly, if you can read the right stuff, it's such a great book. And it does uh, talk about how Chuck Yeager is a model for all of the, they all worship Chuck Yeager because he's the greatest test pilot we ever had. Um, Embarrassed to say I never made, I never finished the book. Really? It, I started reading it, uh, Tori's request right before Henry's birth, and I just still haven't finished. Well, it's tremendous. I, I think because I'm a big fan of Tom Wolf, a uh, big fan of Tom Wolf. So, um, yeah, I once cut out, I think Tom Wolf wrote a piece for New York Magazine in the early 1970s. And it was so impressive to me that I cut it out and pasted it on the wall of my kitchen because I wanted to be like Tom Wolf. Everybody, everybody who writes, wants to be like somebody whose work they respect more than everybody else within reason. I mean, you know, you, you can't be Shakespeare. 
you're not going to be James Joyce. I mean, there's certain people you're not going to be, but Tom Wolf, it's not that you're going to be Tom Wolf, it's that you're going to be like Tom Wolf. And there was a thing in this piece, and it was either about Tom Wolf or it was by Tom Wolf, and I'm not sure, but it was up on my wall. And it talked about how everybody, every young man and every young woman who wants to write has the exact same ambition, which is you are going to, you are going to light up the sky with a novel. You know, to that point, Tom Wolf hadn't even written novels. To that point, I think he had written magazine articles for Esquire. He had written the right stuff. He'd written uh, a couple of other things, but I don't think he'd written his first novel yet. What was the name of his first novel? Tom Hanks was in, in the movie of it. It was a failed oh, movie. Bonfire Maybe of it wasn't Tom Hanks. Bonfire of the Vanities was his first novel. It's a great novel. Tremendous novel. Anyway, so I wanted to be Tom Wolfe. And so if Tom Wolfe wrote that Chuck Yeager had the right stuff, then he had the right stuff as far as I was concerned. So I commend to you that particular book, and I commend to you all obituaries about Chuck Yeager and, and what an American hero sounds like and feels like and, and looks like. You know, he's a kid from West Virginia, and he wanted to fly. By the way, that is a calling, flying. I mean, you know pretty early that that's what you want to do. You want to take the plane up. I didn't want to take the plane up, but a lot of you talk to pilots. They didn't realize it in their 20s. It was earlier than that. That's that's what they wanted to do. What did I do yesterday? I had such a wonderful day yesterday, as you cold played. as it was and as windy as it was. We didn't have PTI and I was able to play. And so I went out there alone. Um, and I should tell you that when you are single on a golf course, you have no rights, nor should you, nor, nor should you. Like if you, if you are behind a twosome or a threesome or a foursome, most likely, and you're hoping they'll wave you through. I've been in foursomes and waved guys through, singles, but they don't have to. You have no rights. So what I did is I got out on one. I played one. I played two. I hit two. I hit my first shot, and I see there are people in front of me. Well, that's not going to be good. So I wait for them to get off the green. I hit my second shot, and then they say to me, it's okay. Why don't you go through play three? So I played three. And then there were people on four. So I went around four and I played five. And then I got to six. So I played three holes and I'm approaching the tee at six. And I see there are people down the fairway on six. And there are people on the tee at six. All right. So I got nowhere to go. And there's people on seven. But I look to my right. You have to understand what the geography of Columbia Country Club For looks context, like. He's now on Jones Bridge. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much on Jones Bridge Road at this point. And I look down at 9, and nobody's coming up. And I look down at 10, and nobody's going the other way. Oh, you got an opening. And I look over at 11, and there's nobody on 11. And I go, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this <laughs> card as fast as I can to the T at 9. I'm going to beat the people who are teeing off at 8 because they weren't even really teed off yet. So I'm fine. I'm good. And I played 9, and I played 10, and I played 11, and there was nobody there. And I played 12, and there was nobody there. Oh, you're in the pocket And now. I played 13 and saw people on the tee at 14. I figured that was okay. I played 13. So now I played 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. I play 14. I'm good on 14. I go to 15. I'm good on my tee shot. I get up the hill, look up the hill. There's people on the green. Okay, no problem. I wait for them to get off. And then... Because 16 has a group on it and a group waiting. And nobody's, by the way, no, everybody has stopped listening to this podcast now because nobody cares about it. I'm counting somebody how many else playing played God. at this point. <laughs> so I just keep playing 15. I play it three times. There's nobody behind me. I go back to the tee and I play it again. Then I get to 16 and I'm going to go in. I'm going to stop at 16. Well, I'm, gotta, I'm, gotta just gonna go I'm just going to take a tee shot. I'm just going to take a tee shot on 16. 
And miraculously, I get it over the water. It bounces to the right. It's in the sand. I go, yeah, sure, I'll play it. No, I played it. I got out of the sand. Then I played 17 and 18. 18, I did wait. But I didn't care by then. So I had played like 13 holes in an hour 45. You're still playing 15, I think. It was tremendous. (laughs) And I wrote you a note. About how happy I was. You wrote me a note detailing the exact story you just described. I was so happy. Now, did your did your play improve on 15? Were you in the same spot every time? Virtually the same spot. I had par putts every time, the three times I did, did it. You make any of them? One. Did, made you one actually, par putt. did you actually putt out? Putt, the putt I putted out. Five. I putted, uh, yes. I putted everything out. Between the legs? I, no, I putted everything out normally just because I knew I was going to have to, it didn't, it didn't matter. And now it was cold. Throwing it was like 42 or 43. It was cold. But worse than cold, windy. it was windy. Like today, when I left to take care of the dog no in the windy. morning, it was 29. It didn't, it didn't matter. There was no wind. Yeah, it was wind. okay. Well, your body's prepared for it after yeah. the last couple of days. We had a cold weekend. Yeah. So... Anyway. So you're going to get out early this uh, Saturday? It's supposed to be nice. No, I'd love to. I'd love to have gotten out early this Saturday, but I have a tea time at like 2 o'clock or something don't like have that. Any, don't have any favors you can call in? I don't think I can. I don't think I can. I don't think I can play that Do You Know Who I Am card, and I'm not going to play it. You know, <laughs> I'm not. Oh, I wanted to mention one other thing. Adam Eaton has left the Nats to go back oh, really? to the White Sox where he's hated. He was hated on the White Sox. Adam Eaton has left the Nats. Who's the third outfielder? Robles and Soto, is it Andrew Stevenson? I thought he was a fourth outfielder. Michael A. Taylor is gone, too. Who's the third outfielder? Probably Stevenson for now, but and you pick somebody else up, or one of the utility guys they picked up the last two years. Like Josh Harrison? Yeah. I liked Adam Eaton. I thought that trade, everybody's going to... in 2019. Everybody's going to say how terrible that trade was, because Lucas Giolito is going to end up as a star. But the Washington Nationals won the World Series, and Adam Eaton had a lot to do with it. And it's what had happened in, in the playoffs in the previous six years. They needed to win and win then. The, the, the White Sox still have a long road ahead of them where they can win. I have just bored everybody with my own self-indulgence. No, but now, now the White Sox have a lefty in the lineup. They need that. Yeah. He gets a lot of stuff started. He's a good player. Hey, look at his line for the World Series. Had some sneaky home runs. Yeah, he's a, he's a wonderful player. What do you I, think bet he, he'll, I bet he'll miss Howie Kendrick because they used to do that <laughs> shift thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. He used to do Drop that. Shift. What do you think yeah. he would do on 15? Driver, a little flip wedge? Not a big guy. Oh, Adam Eaton. No, he'd, he'd drive all the way to the bottom and just have a sandwich <laughs> in. I have a, I have a four wood in because I'm, I'm old and terrible. I'm old and tough, but I'm, I'm, you know what? I have confidence on that hole now because I've played it so much. <laughs> no, but you didn't yeah. play it in different spots. No, I don't do that. All right, I'm done now with this. Um, I, Chuck Todd. Can, huh, what? What's the matter? Oh, Well, you made me think about great writing with Tom Wolfe. Can I just bring up yeah. one other example of great writing? Yesterday, as I think we, you and I talked about, certainly um, was the anniversary, the 40th anniversary of um, the death of John Lennon. Yes, and it was. It, Everybody talked about Howard Cosell and Monday Night Football last night. Everybody who mentioned John Lennon did that when because Howard Cosell informed the nation about it. Yes. I would like to tell people about the great Jimmy Breslin and just go Google Jimmy Breslin, John Lennon to see the piece that he wrote. Um, I guess it was that night that happened. Maybe it's the day after, but it's just it's terrific writing as I mean, as, as you know, with Jimmy Breslin. Here's a quote by Jimmy Breslin. Kid, you'll never go anywhere in this business if you don't use a bit. I got that on a, I got that on a pin box. As I said the other day, a pen box from Mikitowski in Menominee, Michigan. Go That's buy right. a pen box. Ask him to inscribe it. They got a stencil now for this. It's good. All right, Chuck Todd, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. So this is the Vincero ad. 
and I'm going to sort of censor this ad myself a little bit. It's a little bit over the top. It's a little bit too gushy. And well, I like the Vincero. season. There's some great savings. Yeah, I like, you know, so we're going to, we're going to do the Vincero ad. I've been working with Vincero for about a year now. They make the most incredible looking watches. We wear their timepieces all the time. The Chrono S Rose Gold is Tony's choice. Lovely, lovely. The best part is they're affordable for anyone, especially right now during their site-wide sale. They're giving listeners to this high-quality podcast exclusive access to their holiday sale. So if you go to vincerowatches.com slash Tony, you avoid the rush of last-minute gifts and you shop their sale right now. Um, their products are wonderful, and they're offering a discount site-wide. Their new watches just keep getting better. They offer engraving on the back of their watches. I didn't know that. Oh, I'd like that. Yeah, I didn't know that. So pick one out and write something special on the back for a loved one or for yourself. Like, kid, you'll never go anywhere in this business if you don't use a BIC. <coughs> With Vincero, there's no brand name markup, no big name price tags. Their promise to you is simple. Solid, well-made products you will enjoy wearing. These guys know just how important it is to shop from local brands you can trust. They offer free shipping, 30-day returns, and guarantees your watch for two years. This is why they have over 25,000 five-star reviews. Call up Bonnie. Artie, Artie bought three watches from them. Call up Bonnie. She'll tell you. You won't find a better-made watch for this good of a price anywhere else. My listeners have been the hero for Vincero this year. Seriously, the people at Vincero told me they're extremely grateful for all your support. And they know because you use the, use the code TONY, so they know how many people have bought watches from this particular place. Keep the email, uh, you know, keeps, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to read this. I'm not going to tell you to support this show by purchasing the brand. You're not supporting this show. You're supporting Vincero. Go to Vincero's website and look at what they've got. And if you like it, buy it. I have their watches. Michael has their watches. They're good watches. Good watches. Shop their biggest sale of the year. Go to Vincero Watches, V-I-N-C-E-R-O. And yes, I know that is not the correct Italianate pronunciation. I know that. We've been told that. VinceroWatches.com forward slash Tony. Go to that link, pick out your favorite watch, get a great discount now. I'm Tony Kornheiser, and I endorse my read. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Jason Shaw writes this and sends it. Says, here are two rockin' songs by my good friend Michael Malgrandi, a New York City native now living in Connecticut. He's a songwriter, writes, arranges, and records his own music, all the vocals and the instruments. These two autobiographical songs about the difficulty of getting his young daughter to sleep at night and about his ball and chain. This is called Rockin' Molly Rose. Physically rocking. You have to do that, Michael, when you rock your babies to sleep. From 2017 to 19, Mike and I, and this is Jason writing this, worked together on an academic journal. I was the chief editor on the academic side. He was the managing editor on the publishing side. We formed a two-person band, and we named the band The Desk Rejects. During those years, we conducted something of a world tour, playing informal concerts in places such as Sydney, Hong Kong, Auckland, Helsinki, Chicago, Boston, and London, Ontario. Cumulative audience attendance at these events was something like 27. That's funny. That's funny. This is very good. This is Rockin' Molly Rose, and it is by Michael Malgrande. And it plays in Chuck Todd, who had another good week, a winning week. Chuck was 4-3, and three, lost the Buffalo game, but won with the Washington football team. One going away is now 45-44, and 44, above 500. There have been a lot of line movements, so you are aware of these. I guess you got you, them late, I right? Did we decide you, you you texted me and said I was getting credit for last? I know, week no, because Jeff Ma Jeff Ma was so assertive. 
he was so assertive and he had won it as well. And he said, no, the game would have been taken off the board. The game was not played at its scheduled time and would not have counted. I, I don't know if that is true everywhere. But I'll oh. I'll, uh, I'll abide by. It. I don't. I think if you put your money down, the game was never canceled, and I right. think it is dependent on various sports books how many of them because there has been a lot more leeway about when a game is scheduled now, and it's do sort you want, of. Do you want me to give it to you? So, I'll give it to you. No, I'll no, give it no, to you. no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll hire, I'll hire a lawyer. I, I'll get Jenna Ellis or something. <laughs> That'd be great. Cause I, I could, I could do like we'll, share we'll and I could say, but every yeah. night they came around and laid their money down. I could, I could do that and, and give it to you if you wanted. You don't want to end up no, not no, being no, able no. to practice before the Supreme Court you know, like all well, those other lawyers. I'll wait, I'll wait till we know the results of the entire uh, season and then I'll decide whether <laughs> that, that vote matters where that game Yeah. Counts. Okay. And that would be yeah. good. And then you could always ask the Secretary of State at some state to just go in right. and recount that thing. Okay. Exactly. Re- re- recalibrate the score. All right. All right. Here's the first game. New England was plus six at the Rams, but now they've been bet down to plus five at the Rams because New England, under Bill Belichick, as we knew, has figured it out. They understand that Cam Newton cannot throw. It's over. Cannot pass. He has five touchdown passes all year. That's all he's got and nine interceptions. But he can run and he can lead a team. And Belichick is playing a a form of complimentary football that he did not play with Brady because he didn't have to with Brady. And he's, you know, after starting out badly, he's done well. The Rams played well. It was at Arizona, I think. The Rams went on the road and beat the Arizona Cardinals. And still this is being bet down as a tribute to Belichick. It is now New England plus five at the Rams, Chuck. It's Belichick versus these quarterbacks, right? It was like, well, first yeah. we had Belichick versus Anthony Lynn, and Belichick was getting points. Right? Yeah. You just yeah. couldn't bear And now it's Belichick against against Jared Goff. Uh, yeah, but against look, Sean McVay, who's pretty good. I know. Against, no, he right. is. He's, he's 0-1 against Belichick already? Right? Don't know. In his young career? Yeah, right. maybe. Well, they lost the Super. Well, they lost the Super Bowl. Is my point. And this is seven and zero against Arizona. He's seven and zero. Yeah. Yes, they lost the Super Bowl. Yes, got killed. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I believe Bill Belichick and Cliff Kingsbury are not related. Correct. Right. So, I mean, Don't think so. No. Yeah. 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 Uh, look, I, I. This feels like a Rams three point victory. It just five points, five six points, just feels like too much. I think talent wise, I get it. I think Belichick's worth a field goal. I, I think if any other coach. Had the Patriots spot six points would feel right to me, six or seven right now. But that plus you know that Belichick's staying in L.A. You know they played the Chargers. Sunday, yes, yes, and that's right. Keeping the team out there, they're playing in the same stadium. They're not going to have any of those issues. Um, I um, give me Belichick on those points. I, I, okay, it, you know that's the one thing that's been really nice this year um, with no Brady in New England is how often you get to bet on Belichick getting points because I believe he's been a winner this year on that. For the most part. I don't know that. You're, you're probably right about that. We'll go to Arizona at the New York Giants. The New York Giants with Colt McCoy went to Seattle and won that game. McCoy was not distinguished, but he didn't hurt them in any way. And Colt McCoy won more games as a college quarterback than almost anybody in history. And I never thought got a fair shot at Washington. That's just me. Arizona is minus two and a half. That is an intriguing line to me because it is saying that even though Arizona has lost, I don't know, four out of five or something like that, and they're going on the road into the east where there might be cold weather, even though, and then they just lost, they're still the favorite here. That is unusual to my thinking. How about to you? It is. I I agree. And I think Kyler Murray's hurt. I think we're going to find out, you know, in February or March, oh, he got minor shoulder surgery, you know. 
They told us he was fine, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I don't know. It, he doesn't look the same. He looks a little tentative. You could see him running a little bit. He looks a little tentative. Uh, is Joe Judge um, coach of the year, by the way? Either Joe Judge or Kevin Stefanski or Brian Flores. One of those three yeah. will get it. Yep. Yeah. What about what about Belichick if he gets his, that team to the playoffs? He won't get it, but shouldn't he? Well, he's the best coach of all time, so he doesn't really need it, does <laughs> but, he? But how often he doesn't does he need get it. it? Do, well, I mean, can we just re, do you rename? Let me Lombardi ask you a question. The Belichick, the Belichick. Do you trophy? think? What, you yeah. Know? Do you think there's a lot of room on the mantelpiece for another award for him? Do you think so? Because I don't. <laughs> is it okay. like? Is it like getting like third straight? You know, he finds out yeah, what is third he place coach of the year. Yeah, you, you get a little. You put it in the garage. He doesn't care. Yeah, it's in the uh, I, I am. Uh, I'm going to get on the Giants bandwagon, uh, mostly because okay. I think Kyler. I think Kyler's hurt, and I'm going to go with coaching mismatch here. I think our, okay. our friend Mr. Kingsbury um, seems to struggle in, in game day situations. Okie dokie. Let's go to Minnesota getting six and a half at Tampa Bay. We haven't talked about Tampa Bay because they had a bye week. Minnesota barely won a game, got into overtime, and won a game on a field goal that they didn't want the kicker to kick because the kicker had been hurt. Six and a half is a lot of points. That's a lot of points. Tampa Bay has not been impressive lately. They have not been. I'm now beginning to fear that bet I made with Wilbon that Brady would win more games than Belichick. I'm beginning to fear this. I heard you guys talk about it. I didn't realize yeah. it. It was one of those things you're like, Tampa Bay's only seven and five? We yeah. talked about Tampa Bay as if they've won nine games, as if they already clinched a no. playoff spot. No, They're, no, they haven't. Yeah. No. No, really, and they've lost really to the Bears, which is repulsive. Six and a half is a lot, it seems to me. But I what do you got? Too, especially against a a, a good coach, uh, a good defensive minded coach who knows how to slow a team down. I I'm going to go with Zimmer in those points. Um, uh, he's he's been, and I think Minnesota's still got something to play for. So this this game's actually awfully important. Uh, yeah, they uh, still have a wild card possibility. Yeah, they have this a lot. Awfully yeah. important. Six, I'm okay. with you. Six and a half feels too much. Uh, Indianapolis is always favored. Indianapolis I, is always favored. They're favored I every single meet, no matter where they are. They are favored over Vegas. I, they're, they're minus two and a half at Vegas. I think this probably has to do with the fact that Vegas should have lost to the Jets. And they should have. There's no question about that. That was the worst collapse ever, you know, other than Daryl Bevel in the Super Bowl. It's not as bad as that, but it's two to that one. Indianapolis, I don't get it. Minus two and a half. Who you got? You. I'm with you. I don't understand. I bet, I'm bet i sure if somebody did some analytical analysis of, of, of all the picks we've done around around the Colts, it would be pretty clear that we've we've totally missed on the Colts all year long. I, I'm going to go with the home dog. I'm going to go with the Raiders because, um, A, they have to. And I got to think that, you know, they're not going to lay two eggs like they did. They were awful. They've been awful yeah. three weeks in a row, two weeks in a row now. But they were yes. just terrible against the Jets. So I got to think um, uh, there's, a, there's a little bit of bounce back here. And I just, I don't get the Colts. I know they're well coached. I, 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 but I'm with you. Somebody loves them for some reason because they're favored every week. They are. All right. This is the biggest line shift of all. Pittsburgh, as of yesterday, was minus one and a half at Buffalo. Today, it's plus two and a half. That is an enormous swing in a 24-hour or 48-hour period. It has to do with Pittsburgh looking bad against Washington and Buffalo looking good against San Francisco. But what a swing that is. What do you make of that? I, well, I think it's the combination, as you said, but I don't fully get it because usually you would think, 
after losing a game like Pittsburgh did, you would expect to bounce back. They're the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, they're not the idea they lose two in a row. But, um, you know, if you actually look at Pittsburgh, they haven't been impressive in five or six weeks. I mean, no. their best their best win. No. Their best win is that Cleveland win, right? Where they just the quarterback can't. cannot Baker throw Mayfield. the ball down the field yeah. anymore. Roethlisberger yeah. is dinking and dunking. As an 11-0 team, there had been, I remember the statistic, there had been 16 11-0 teams in history. They had the third worst yeah. point differential. Yeah, you're Did right. You, what was it? Was it, there, was it nine plays in a row that he passed in this uh, oh, he, in football team? He game? had 60 passes. It, yeah, yeah it, when was, he just, it was, I mean, they basically had no, they just substituted their running game for the, for, for the, for the dinks and dunks. Yeah, I, I I'm always afraid of Buffalo. I feel like they're I like them better as an underdog than I do as a favorite. Um, um, and I'm talking myself out of the Steelers. I'm going to go with with uh, the Bills in cold weather. Um, really? Well, it's not like Pittsburgh is a warm weather port. I know. I know. I hear you. I hear you. But I have to tell you, watching Josh Allen, he looked as good as he's ever looked. He was and you awesome didn't have him last week. You had San Francisco. No, I know. He was he was awesome. If he plays like this, um, you know, I, I Chiefs Bills in the AFC title game. I mean, to me, it's all about, and that's what is interesting here. Who do you think is the second best team in the AFC? The Steelers. It doesn't. Best. We're gonna. It doesn't gonna, matter. I, I because agree. I agree. It doesn't it's matter. matter. Watch the Chiefs, by the way. It, it, isn't it obvious they just basically say, okay. Um, how many points are we going to let the other team score? All right. Well, we'll score three or four more points today. It's just like, let's just like whatever it is. Let's just, hey, what do you want to do this week? Let's just kick field goals. Let's not make score touchdowns and let's see what happens. See, I would take Pittsburgh. Me personally, I would take Pittsburgh in this game. I would. I, it's, I, you know what? The, I would. You're, I agree with you as a gambler. That That's yeah. the right like handicap. Oh, coming off a loss. Buffalo yep. coming off yep. a big win. So, yes, yep. go the other way. I hear you. I'm, I guess I'm going with the Steelers. Okay. Um, are just not as good as their 11 and one record. Uh, there was a line of Baltimore at Cleveland. The last time they played, it was the first game of the season. Baltimore won by 7,000 points. This is apparently Baltimore minus one. I don't know if that will change. You get it minus one because Baltimore scored a lot of points last night, but they scored it against a terrible, terrible team. Baltimore minus one at Cleveland. So the question you ask yourself is, do, not, it's not do I believe in Baltimore, it's do I believe in Cleveland? Do I believe they're a 9-3 and three team? Right. And I go back to Ravens, can they afford to lose for the rest nope. of the season? Nope. they got to win them all. Uh, I guess I'm going to bet there, but Cleveland for the first time looked like a playoff team last week. Like a, like a, a team that belonged against, against Tennessee. You know, <laughs> I feel like all their other wins were against bad teams. You know, they, they just they just do that. So I'll stick with Baltimore here, but I'm not crazy about it. But but this is a case where they're both coming off impressive wins. I'll tell you this. I, it, you would on paper want to want the over in this game. Yes, you, you could. You could assume this could be a very high scoring game. Tennessee did whatever they wanted to at some in the second half against Cleveland. And, and so could Baltimore. All right, the last game we give you is Washington. They started out as plus four at San Francisco. It's not San Francisco. It's actually at Arizona. Uh, it's been bet down to plus three and a half. You had them last week, and you won, and you won outright. Mm-hmm. You would have won mm-hmm. in any situation. Mm-hmm. What do you got this week? 
I'm all over Shanahan. I think he gets fired. I think he fires the team up to, to beat the damn Washington Snyders. I, 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 I buy that this is, for some reason, this is personal for him. And so, uh, so give me, give me the 49ers simply because, well, that's another reason. They're also, I think, playing for their playoff lives. Like this. I don't a, think. I think they're done. You think they're I out. actually think, think they're, they're done. I think they're done. Yeah, I well, do. Well, I, I, I still, even if they were eliminated today, I'd still bet on Shanahan hate. Yeah. This one. You know, and you know, okay. isn't that a good reason? Isn't that a good reason to pick a team like some sort of we hatred are, or or grief? This is the whole point of the Tony Kornheiser show, right? All the great champions are fueled by anger and hatred. All. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah. Defined no, my there's. Career. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Yeah, I and I understand that. By the way, can I ask one, just one small, like small p political question? The mm-hmm. Washington Post had a story yesterday. It was their lead story. It was horrifying for someone like me that the current administration um, had said to Pfizer, eh, "Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. We don't really need your medication. So sell it wherever you want." Is if can that be true? Can that be true? Look, it, it, I'll take it in two parts, right? On one yeah. hand, it made a lot of sense to hedge your bets, buy something from six vaccine companies, right? Yes, because okay. you don't know who's going to win the race, okay? So that was right. plan A, and that seemed to be smart, and they've spread their resources there. The question is, did the administration say no after Pfizer told them, hey, we think we got one? Seriously, so here's one more chance. You can buy up, you know, another hundred million doses. That appears to be what happened. Look, are, are and I know you're going to be shocked to find out that the same people that brought you this incredible testing strategy that has gone so well in this country, <laughs> it's bringing you the vaccine strategy, and you're shocked that there's something that's gone amiss. I, you know, I am starting to to to, to fear that that you know, come March of next year, this we're going to look back and, and in the same way. We wondered, I mean, the president said yesterday, anybody that wants a vaccine is going to get one. I'm like, you mean the same people that said anybody that wants a test can get one? It's just, it's amazing to me. It it was an amazing story. It was for me an amazing story. And of course, when you see a moment like that, you ask yourself, was there money involved? And did somebody make money on this decision? And unfortunately, in the Trump era, you have to ask that question every time you have a head-scratching decision by government. Is there somebody had money to be made on that decision? Wow. Wow. Thank you, Chuck. Talk to you next week. Chuck Todd, boys and girls. And if we just gave you Chuck Todd, that would be more than enough because that's great. But we give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. zoo. Reginald's got the bikes by two. Sometimes he throws two. And he's had too much John. Just, blue. Not, just not the same. Yeah. Reginald had a rare winning week. Reginald was two and one. He's sixteen and twenty-two overall right now. And Nigel, you went to visit him. What has he got? Well, uh, I did go to visit him at the National Zoo. Um, and he was uh they had a movie set there. He was filming a movie, as you might imagine, for the Hallmark Channel. Uh Good. apparently it's gonna be called Love in the Time of Chimpanzees. Reginald plays a high powered attorney who moves back to his hometown and falls in love with his high school sweetheart who runs so the great. drug talk. Yes. That's, uh, so, yeah, so, so what did he what did he pick? What did he oh, pick uh, when he was done? When well, he was done he doing his to, lines. 
by the way, uh, two of his co-stars are Loretta Swit and Judd Hirsch. So you want to keep your eyes out. Doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. (laughs) The first game we gave him was uh, Minnesota getting six and a half at Tampa Bay. Now, we think that he would go with Bud Grant on this, but he showed me a film of him scuba diving off the keys with Gronk, Mike Allstott, and Warren Sapp. So clearly he's Tampa. Yeah, he's got ties to Tampa. He'll take the Buccaneers on that and lay the six and a half. Uh, the next six game and a half is so much points against it a is. team that hasn't been particularly good. It's just an amazing amount of points to me. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, the next uh, match we gave him was on Pittsburgh, that big line shift, getting two and a half now at Buffalo. Um, and this was an interesting photograph of him at base camp at Mount Everest with Mel Blunt, Lynn Swan, and Mario Lemieux. So he's clearly got ties to the Pittsburgh area, and he will take the Steelers. I think a match that you agree with too. him on that one. I would, yeah. yes. I would take the Steelers in this particular game. I would. I would. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now. The last uh, game we gave him was uh, the Washington football team getting three and a half at San Francisco. And this must have been some sort of press event here in the nation's capital. Must have been the late 60s. But this is a photo of Reginald with the original Gemini 7 astronaut and Chuck Yeager, along with Sammy Ball, Sonny Jurgensen, and Billy Kilmer. Clearly, he's got old school ties to both Washington and to the Gemini program, probably because he had a relative who went up into space at one point. So did so I he- get that wrong? Because I referred to the Mercury astronauts. Did I get oh, that wrong? I, I, I don't to, know. I thought it was the Gemini. I thought it was the Gemini 7. But oh no, you know you're right. I think it's the Mercury. You're it, right. I think I, it's I, Mercury. Yeah. Well, you but were I don't alive. Know. Back then. Well, somebody will so. yes, I was. Somebody will tell us. Yes. Somebody I will, will will email us. In fact, many people will email us and they'll start out like this. <laughs> hey, stupid, you know, if I got it wrong. Well, it'll be stupid okay. to you, Nigel, to me, Nigel, if I got it wrong, which I probably did. But the case remains that he will take Washington in that match. Okay. Okie dokie. All right. Um, we will. What will we do here? We're going to have our uh, Kevin. Kevin's forecast is coming up. Kevin Sheehan's forecast. And in, in, in full disclosure, we are waiting much longer than I wanted to. The time that we are at now is much later than we usually wait. Kevin is unavailable to us until 915 Eastern time. The show yes. is usually wrapped up by then. But we're going to wait for Kevin. And we're going to hope and pray that it's worth it. Um, but we're going to wait. We're going to wait. So he's next. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Hey, everyone. This new world we're living in has me and my family talking a lot more. I mean, we're talking about everything from how much greater was the greatest of all time than today's greatest, which is something. And I'm going to go off script here. This is something that I can talk about because I'm so much older than everybody in my family. And I have seen all of these people. In other words, like when you talk about the other day we did happy birthday to Bernard King. Nobody in my family has seen Bernard King play. I've seen Bernard King play. So I have that sort of perspective. I didn't see Babe Ruth play. I'm not that old, but I saw Ted Williams and Stan Musial play and nobody else has. Anyway, to how to make sourdough bread, which both Michael and Elizabeth can and do. I've seen Adam Eaton play. You've seen Adam Eaton play, which is important. Um, to how excited we are that football is finally back. That is a big deal. It gives you something to do all the time. Dallas stinks. <laughs> the copy says, I can't keep watching my dog run circles in the backyard and call it a spectator sport, but indeed I can. And I throw her the Frisbee, and it seems to be a spectator sport because I watch her, and she takes the Frisbee, and then she doesn't give it back. But despite how talkative we all are, the people at Lincoln Financial still want to point out the one conversation that most people still haven't had, your financial plans. Do find time to talk to your loved ones about it, because the more we talk, the better we plan, protect, and retire. That's why Lincoln Financial is here to help you. 
Get the right questions to start your conversation at lincolnfinancial.com. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Michael Malgrande. And this is sent in by his friend Jason Shaw. Dr. Jason Shaw, by the way, who's living in Singapore, of all places. This is called Hard Enough. This is really good. Um, Michael, if people like Michael Malgrande want to send in their original music, how do they do that? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. This is very, very good stuff. It really is. And it plays in Kevin Sheehan with his winter weather forecast. We have waited a long time for this, and I don't mean just the year we've waited for it. I mean today. We've waited a long time for Kevin to be on the show. When we tried to do a sound check, he complained about the fact that we don't use Zoom and we don't use anything else that's like really au courant in 2020. We have Jeannie McManus with us and Gary Braun with us to interrupt Kevin at any given point and to remind him about what he did last year and how absurdly off he was. But we look forward to this more than anything else that we do. Because it's our chance to get Kevin on the air. And it's always fun. It's always fun. So, Kevin, take it away. But just remember, they're going to interrupt you. They are. I would remind everybody out there or, or inform everybody that the You're going to be able to squeeze this into the next two or three segments. Let me just, let me just get that out right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering at what point someone should really be inconvenienced. Is 12 minutes really a massive inconvenience? Of course it is for him. Three minutes. Kevin, um, Kevin you've no idea how busy I am. Uh, <laughs> all, all of you. Look, I'm more worried about you, Jeannie, than Gary or Tony or Michael. All right, let's get started here because this is this is going to be a, a shortened version this year because we've I doubt it. had some difficulty <laughs> attracting some advertisers based on last year's results. Um, this is the 2020-2021 Tony Kornheiser Show Winter Weather Outlook brought to you by this year's Zoom. We're in this together, Tony. <laughs> Zoom, keeping you securely connected wherever you are. Now, Zoom is freakish. I hate Zoom. I hate it beyond anything you can imagine. It's freakish. Stop doing this. This is okay. one of the reasons we've lost advertisers. Is you criticize them. Um, you know that's actually true 2020 in all seriousness i mean what a rough year for the winter weather forecast attracting advertisers when you think about it the hospitality industry took such a major hit we have had so many hotels and motels advertised over the years red roof you know we keep a light on for you holiday and holiday and express not this year you know even tony theaters like the avalon who's been with us now for 27 years on this forecast, they decided they weren't going to participate this year. Right. I'm not that upset about it. I mean, who really wants to see a double feature of Saturday Night Fever and Blazing Saddles anyway? You know, in 2020, <laughs> you can't even laugh at Blazing Saddles without offending no. somebody. Yeah, so what's the point? Yeah. Um, anyway, rough year for the winter weather forecast business model. Uh, we took a hit. Uh, to, to, to be fair, though, you know, your podcast, is available so infrequently these days. 
that many may not even hear this until April or, or May. Um, to be <laughs> fair, you said we were going to get 60 inches of snow, and we that. got nothing. I'll get to that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I am going to – I've got a retraction here momentarily. <laughs> okay. Um, Anyway, I guess we should go ahead and get to this. I mean, we might as well do it anyway, with or without the advertising uh, revenue that we've typically had in the past. This has been a money-making machine, as you know, not so much this year. So the forecast covers the period from December through the end of March. And as we say every year, this is more likely than not going to be terribly wrong. So don't make any (laughs) serious travel plans based on this forecast. Some have in the past. We're going to travel. Yeah, who's traveling? Tony, other people are traveling. People are living their lives. Um, You know, some years, some years we've gotten some of it right. But last year, Tony, we got the whole thing wrong. I mean, we forecasted 50 to 60 inches of snow and ice, (laughs) which is typical of this bit that we do. But the total snow last winter for the area Less than an inch, six tenths of an inch to be precise, at Reagan Where? National. Um, Ra- Reagan. Reagan National had six tenths of an inch last winter. That was the total. We predicted 50 to no 60. Ho- ho- hopefully, we'll get a little bit closer. Um, hey, Kevin, Gary, why, don't, why don't you just say, as a sign of the times, why don't you just say there were 50 to 60? You know, we I mean, who knows? We could do How that. can someone prove there was only six tenths of an inch last year? You know, I'd like a recount on last year's winter. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the over under out in Vegas, uh, and they posted it um, at my bookie on how many inches of snow I'm going to predict today. Fifty four and a half uh, is the number, mm-hmm. the over under number. Um, that information brought to you by mybookie.ag. Go to mybookie.ag and use my promo code KevinDC. <laughs> K-E-V-I-N-D-C. Don't use Kip DC. Use Kevin DC. They'll match half your deposit all the way up to a thousand bucks. MyBookie.ag. Promo code Kevin DC. By the way, that's a legitimate offer. If you were wondering, uh, before I'm going under. Started, I'm going under on fifty-four and a half. I'm taking yeah, the under. Yeah. All right, we'll see. Um, before yeah. we get started, the familiarity I, I like... with Las Vegas and bookies has. Always disturbed me, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> My familiar, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar um, with what goes on out there. I, you know, I want to get um, the, the thing started, but there's a tweet I'd like to read. And, of course, there's a sponsor to the tweet, which I'll get to in a moment. Um, it comes from <laughs> Sal in White Plains. Um, Sal in White Plains <laughs> tweeted uh, me the following. Um, and, by the way, all tweets read during this forecast are brought to you by DoorDash, affordable and no-contact delivery with plenty of food options that will please everybody in the family, Tony. You can get Chipotle <laughs> delivered right to your door. You don't have to take that delivery physically. They'll leave it at your door. I know how much you love their burrito bowls. Anyway, yes, Sal in White Plains, he tweeted me the following. Hey, Kip, I caught your presentation at the Mid-Atlantic Winter Storm Symposium last spring. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> you were really good. Thanks, Sal. Um, <clears throat> you and your colleagues trust the 18G GFS more or less than the rest of the GFS suite. It's a great question, Sal, but come on, nerd alert here. How about getting a life? I would check out, Sal, my bookie's online casino at mybookie.ag. <laughs> And their online poker games. 
And if that doesn't work for you, you know, try phub.com. That might work for you. Um, anyway. Are we going to, at any point, Kevin, are we going to get the three keys to how the Washington team can win this Sunday, the three defensive yeah, keys? Or, or uh, Kevin, get your forecast for the playoff game that the football team will host after winning the division? <laughs> well, believe it or not, I've got an interesting possibility Super Bowl weekend for you Washington football fans. Coming up here, you'd have to get to the forecast for us to hear it. Unfortunately, Um, by by the way, Sal, the answer: the 18Z GFS is always fantasy land. Um, All right, let's get to this. Jeannie, are you ready? I I am the secretary treasurer of the winter. Let me just suggest this to you, Kevin, that if this was actually on Zoom, Jeannie would have left. She wouldn't even be on Zoom anymore waiting for this. We're going to start with the big picture this winter. Um, It's La Nina, a.k.a. The Nina. You you know, in our region, La Nina's, you know, especially moderate to strong La Nina's are often associated with dry, mild winters and very modest snowfall. Usually in weaker La Nina events, we experience frequent and often brief oscillations from warm to cold and cold back to warm again. This winter, all right, my good friends at Capital Weather Gang, who I just read verbatim this last segment. I'm um, holding holding it in my hand, the winter weather guide in today's Washington Post. So go ahead. Expecting a moderate La Nina to persist throughout the winter with some weakening late. And essentially, they're thinking is a dry, mild winter with not that much snowfall. That's what they're thinking. I love the Capital Weather Gang. They do a great job, and guys appreciate all the information. Um, look, there's something else. And you know what they also do? They also admit when they're wrong, Kevin. I, I think I said it at the beginning. Well, he of did. He admitted. he admitted. That he I admitted. Was, I was terribly off last year. Um, okay. will likely be terribly off this year as well. Now, I want to explain to everybody, because this is all important stuff, if you're really into this, and Tony is, the AO and the NAO, God, they can change the outcome of a La Nina year. Even Jesse's fed up already. Jesse is waiting, <laughs> yes. Jesse is, that bark really means in dog language, is Kevin going Get to do it. this yet? So no, I, I think <laughs> the dog is very excited about the AO and the NAO. The okay. AO, the Atlantic Oscillation, and the NAO, the North Atlantic Oscillation, when they are negative, Tony, La Nina is defenseless, and everybody knows that. Cold and snow happens when the AO and the NAO are negative, and guess what? I think we're going to see several periods during the winter that will feature both the AO and the NAO going negative. And the AO, by the way, looking very negative for the rest of this month, which could get very interesting here in the next couple of weeks. As always, mentions of the AO and NAO are brought to you by the National Hockey League, where the skates are always sharp (laughs) and the game's never dull. But this is really disappointing for me, Tony. One of my favorite things to do is read hockey scores, but there are no (laughs) scores to read this year. But how about that Tampa Bay Lightning squad? They polarized Dallas in six games to win the cup. All right. Couldn't take Uh, my eyes off it. Couldn't. Loved it. It was was scintillating. I'm expecting sort of an up-and-down winter, some cold and wintry periods, and I think there will be golf weather stretches as well. When? Let's get some dates. We're going to get to some dates right now. We're going to start with the period 
of December 7th through December 9th. I'm expecting that period. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That's now. That's today. I'm sorry. That's, but it, it, that's when like the segment, it was, yeah, it was tomorrow, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got cold and crisp and mostly yeah. sunny on, Point. you know, the, the 8th and 9th in particular. Oh, what are you saying? I'm saying oh, that's today. Oh, you're, you're, you know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I didn't even realize that. So I'm off to a good start <laughs> so far. I'm off yeah. to a good start. All right, the first period of interest, in all seriousness. Not this coming weekend, but next weekend, Tony, the, t- the weekend of December 19th and 20th, and maybe even a couple of days before. Could be mid to late next week. I think this could be our first snow of the year. This could be what we refer to in the trade as a southern slider. Any reference to southern sliders during this forecast brought to you by Zaxby's. Zaxby's slogan, Tony, the chicken sandwich war ain't over yet. Now, there aren't any locations near us. But no, there, there aren't. In, there are a few out in Loudoun They're North Carolina. Here. They're not anywhere near here. And if you're heading south down 95, there are plenty of them, and I recommend it. Really good product. Anyway, I think sometime late next week or next weekend, we're going to get a southern slider. The Carolinas in central and southern Virginia end up typically being the jackpot area for southern sliders, the biggest snowfall areas. But I think we'll get enough in here to get everyone into the holiday spirit, two to four inches of snow during that time frame. Then we get a snowy, Kevin, that makes for a snowy ACC championship. Are they going to play it? In Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, could be. Is that, is that when it is? I, no, I'm not really following it, college it's in, football this year. It's in Charlotte on the 19th. Yeah. All right, there you go. Um, thanks for that. Please don't interrupt again unless you've got important information. <laughs> so, so why don't we call that? Why don't we call that schlock bookie of yours and load up on the under? <laughs> then we get we get a we get a close call on a huge storm that comes a few days later, the 23rd and the 24th of this month. Now, right now, I think it's going to be mostly rain for you snow lovers like me who would love a big snowstorm, which I've predicted. Every single year of this winter weather forecast on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I'm not doing it this year. I think this is going to be, unfortunately, a cold rain, 23rd, 24th, 25th. Oh, God, Melissa Malay will be snow. so disappointed. Yeah. So. You know, there'll be a Gulf moisture storm that, unfortunately, Tony, will track a little bit west of the area, bringing too much warm air into the storm. But one to keep an eye on, it's possible that behind that storm, we're going to see much colder air for the weekend of the 26th and 27th, you know, maybe a playoff clinching weekend for the Washington football team, where I see our first Alberta Clipper opportunity. Alberta Clippers, as you know, they bring one to three inches typically in a light snow event. Uh, And I'm expecting that on one of those two days. Now, I mentioned this last year. Uh, but I'm really proud, and, and, I, and I want to mention it again. You know, I, I, I told you last year that I chaired the project two years ago on Alberta Clippers. You can find <laughs> it on YouTube. If you just YouTube <laughs> Kevin Sheehan Alberta Clippers, you'll see me chairing this project with a lot of my colleagues, Sue Palka, Top. We've been on the phone 15 minutes, and he is in December. <laughs> As are we. As uh, are we. move this along quickly, but I – I yeah. just want to give a shout-out to my good friend Sue Palka, Topper Shut, and Doug Cameron and all my other colleagues. I still don't know who does weather for Channel 7. I'm sure he or she does a fine 
job. All right. <laughs> a mild period for the final days of December into January, and then I think the most active period of the winter. The period of January 7th through the 21st, two weeks of cold and stormy with a big one to start off the period. This would have been for you in years past a Mayflower reservation situation. Yeah, but I'm not uh, but downtown anymore. Yeah, yeah, but obviously you don't go to work anymore. Um, no. You just stay home, uh, which you've been doing for a while anyway. Um, the 7th through the 9th, nor'easter, storm forms in the Gulf, high pressure to our north. You get a slow-churning track up the coast, 12 to 18 inches of snow over that period. It'll be about a 24 to 30-hour period, 12 to 18 for everybody. This one Kevin, is this so sounds, big. This, Kevin, this sounds like a wraparound situation. Is this going to be a well, wraparound? Boy, Jeannie, you know, you take great notes, but you don't pay attention. For the 15th year, I'll explain to you that the wraparound happens after the storm has passed. Okay. okay. So you, you could get another inch or two in a wraparound situation. Um, this one could be so big, Tony, that your shipment of the vaccine that you're expecting on or around the 8th will get delayed. And, and you, you'll do a whole show on how the Nor'easter of 2021 might have cost you your life. Um, On the other hand, if it's that cold, you can freeze it outside and you'll still yes. be good. good and, and, and your 12 to 18 just exceeded every single total forecast of your colleagues in this area for the well, entire winter. You have been disappointed if my forecast <laughs> didn't exceed that of every other forecast. Makes me happy. Climate change Makes denial. me happy. Yeah. All mentions of the vaccine during this forecast brought to you by Pfizer. Um, we got them in this year. Go to Pfizer.com or the CDC website for updates on vaccine availability. Uh, all right. After the big storm between the 7th and the 9th, we get a polar vortex intrusion. Very cold from the 9th through the 15th. Temperature highs in the low 20s at night, low teens, single digit digits. And then towards the end of that period on the 20th and 21st of January, one of those rain, snow line, wintry mixed storms. You know, it starts as snow for everybody, but then in the city, point south and east, you get a changeover to sleet and freezing rain, and then eventually rain. But for our weather watchers north and west of town, you know, it stays all snow. And that reminds me to give a shout-out to our friends Lester and Agnes up there in Hagerstown. Uh, sure. Agnes, Tony, lost her job at the outlets during this pandemic. Not just, you know, not enough business anymore. She's, right. de- she's doing well. Um, she had her hip replaced last week. Lester texted me to let us know that she's doing fine. Poor Lester, though, he's unemployed. He's looking for more stimulus, financial and otherwise. He's still <laughs> down at the Sunoco <laughs> on the weekend selling night crawlers for 10 bucks a dozen. And that's uh, a hell of a deal. You know that. You're not going to find a great deal. cheaper. No, uh, nowhere. Now, now, because Agnes is recovering from the hip replacement, Lester said she can't make her peanut brittle this year. So you're not going to get the peanut brittle for, from her this year. Personally, I would have been Wait, just hold on a second. Hold on a second. Carol, the peanut brittle isn't coming this year. You better find <laughs> no, something else. Carol. <laughs> She's very disappointed. I would have been surprised if she had sent it anyway because she was not happy with you. Remember, right. you never made it to her niece's wedding. Her niece, no, Penny, I didn't. Remember, her niece Penny, remember, married old Butch, uh, old Butch Henderson's kid last year. Um, anyway, I told I Lester that. that you would. What? What, Jeannie? 
Last year's episode was titled Old Butch Henderson, by the way. <laughs> so I had to slip that in there again. Um, anyway, I told Lester you'd miss the peanut br- brittle this year. And, I would. Uh, I do. And, yeah, and we just hope that Agnes, you know, recovers. And I told him that when everybody's healthy, you'll you'll take a trip up there and, and do some fishing with him. I right, love to do, nothing better than fishing. Nothing better. <laughs> the weather turns mild end of January through the first part of February. Then you you get the thing I know you hate more than anything else: an ice storm. February fifteenth, cold air trapped at the surface, warm air aloft. A recipe for freezing rain. We get an extended freezing rain event. It lays down an inch of ice, shuts Hate down it. the city. Hate Power it. outages everywhere. Pepco, who did not buy a spot on this forecast this year, they said you criticized them last year uh, as slow responders. Um, but this ice storm is going to be nasty. The good news, it warms up a day or two afterwards. We get a stretch of weather from the 17th through the end of the month. I'm not really sure about it. I think there could be some cold days, maybe a few warm days, maybe some snow, rain, sun. We'll have to see how it that, plays out. That is really so specific that I'm, I'm, I don't know how to deal with it. Some warm days, some cold days, some rain, some sun. How it plays out. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I think good. now would be a good time to make sure that everybody's windows are okay before the next cold snap <laughs> hits. Window Nation so, has yes. their best deal of the year going right now. <laughs> Buy two, get two free with no limit, plus 0% financing for five years. Call them at 866-90-NATION. Go to windownation.com. Tell them Kevin Sheehan's winter weather forecast oh, told you to call and they'll hook you up. All right, we're the sad edge. thing about this is that I just did a spot for them, and you're exactly right. That is their offer. That is their offer. Except, except Tony, well, he's not exactly right because he because he would get credit and not you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. Tony sent you. Yeah. Yeah. No, please, please reference the Kevin Sheehan winter weather <laughs> forecast on the Tony Kornheiser show, and they'll split the credit for us. All right, uh, March, a major cold snap early in the month with one last snow event on the 7th and the 8th. This one's going to be a heavy wet snow, 6 to 10 inches. Ooh. Shoveling, not recommended down anybody. Can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, the, the Sheehan boys aren't really boys anymore, so <laughs> I can't even get them to shovel my driveway or sidewalk, let alone getting them over to your house. Um, you may have to call the Four Seasons Landscaping Company in Pennsylvania to come down and help you shovel out. Um, maybe Rudy Giuliani can help you with that. Um, <laughs> I roll with pineapple. Uh, yeah. I hate we those Finn. Wet Finn snows. and his crew is going to come over and, and do it. So go ahead. Um, I hate those heavy, wet snows. Lots of salt. Lots of salt always required. Used to complain about it, but it was necessary. Uh, after the 8th of March... Your kid left snap- so much salt on my yard <laughs> that we had deer giving birth on my yard. This is true. My son <laughs> took the bag of salt that Tony purchased and said, hey, um, use it liberally. And he took the whole bag and dumped it out on the dumped sidewalk. It. Dumped it. Um, uh, a cold snap, middle of March. Uh, and then, you know, it's vaccination time, Tony. And hopefully you and all of the other older listeners and participants uh, on the show will, will get one. Uh, by the way, I want to thank all of our sponsors, past and present. One in particular, we didn't mention Rehoboth Beach in this year's forecast. No. But I did promise Nicola's. I would mention. Okay. The Baboli? The Baboli? You'll mention that? The Nicoboli. I love Nicola. Nicoboli, yeah. 
Nick, Nicola's closed down their Rehoboth Beach location, and they moved it to Ocean Plaza on Route 1. If you mention this forecast on our Facebook page, <laughs> we'll send you a map to the new location, and you'll get a free veggie gluten-free Nicoboli. Uh, that's it, Tony. You know, as always, it? it's really important that this is not reproduced in any way. We own all of this um, here on the Tony Kornheiser show. That's really yeah, good, I Kevin. That's it, really I good. It short this year. Yeah, short in terms of 30 minutes. Yeah, short. Um, Gene or, or Gary, are there any specific questions for Kevin before Kevin leaves us to go do yet yeah, another podcast? Roger, Gary. I, I did notice that his inauguration forecast sounds very cold and frigid. Yes. Is this true? It would be very, uh, it would be very uh, cold and frigid period. It, it, the seventh is when is inauguration day? The twenty. Usually the twentieth. Usually the twentieth. Twentieth. The seventh through the twenty-first is going to be yes, a the coldest and stormiest period of the winter. I feel very, very confident about that. By the way, my my snow totals totals were under fifty-four and a half. I knew I, I took the under, but they were higher than everybody else's snow totals in the well, area. You know that. They're going to be higher than everybody else's. That's what I do. That's, that's part of the whole thing. Yeah, he's bullish on snow. And, when, you okay. know, remember, Tony, 2009, 2010? I got that I, year right, didn't I? Y- yes, you did. You got that year right. That Congratulations on that. Yeah. And way to get some really good sponsors. What is that? What is that? Um, dot bookie, my, dot, dot my bookie AG. What is that? What is that? Uh, excellent offshore book. Um, legal, <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, great lines, great point spreads, great money lines, great pricing. Gary knows what I'm talking about. I would urge, you know, anybody that's thinking about wagering on sports to go to mybookie.ag and use my promo code, KevinDC, and they'll match your deposit halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. So if you deposit 500 they're going to give you a free $250 to play with. Kevin, thank you very, very much. The, the, the show is dependent on this particular winter forecast. People look forward to it. Even the dead ones in Lusby, Maryland, look forward to this. They look yeah, forward well, to this. They're, they're hanging in there, and, and God bless them. Um, they, yeah. they bless their hearts. They're, they're beautiful people, and they're, they, they help us out during the winter you know, uh, with, with updates on, on, on weather conditions. So we, we need Kevin. that. Um, it's great to hear everybody's voice. Hope everybody's doing well. Happy holidays. This thing will probably be right at least in one spot. My prediction is at least one of these periods I've predicted will actually be accurate. All right? Thank so, you, Kevin. How about it? Kevin Sheehan, boys and girls. Thank Kevin Sheehan. Gene, Gary, did you feel good about that? Oh, yes. I think I'm going to go out and buy mucklucks. Okay, because, <laughs> right. Gary, are you yeah, okay was, with it? I mean, it was a little light on the details, but I, but I think it's enough for me to, to plan my winner, sure. So he's got a 2-4, to four, he's got a 1-3, to three, he's got a 12-18, to 18, and a 6-10. to 10. He's got those, which is and good. And he's got a no clue as well, I think. <laughs> yeah, he's got that. All right, we're out of here. Uh, we will come back with email and a jingle. I am Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Brooklinen ad. Some mornings you wake up feeling ready to pull the covers over your head and go back to sleep. No judgment, of course. But let's make having the most comfortable sheets the reason why. Don't love your sheets? Brooklinen has you covered. Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find 
beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and taste. And there's so much more than sheets. They've got comforters and pillows and towels and loungewear. You can buy sheets and bedding and pillows all at once and save even more money. I buy these things. Um, I spend my own money and I buy them. I don't do this for every commercial that we have. I said it about ButcherBox and I'm saying it about Brooklinen. It's high quality stuff. It's good. Don't wait. Do something nice for yourself. Go to brooklinen.com. Use the promo code Tony K Show to get 10% off your first order and free shipping. It's spelled B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N, brooklinen.com. The promo code is Tony K Show for 10% off your first order plus free shipping. One more time, brooklinen.com, promo code Tony K Show. Use the code, people. Don't be stupid. Use the code. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Oh, come, all ye littles, hopeful and expectant. Oh, come, now it's time for Mr. Tony's mailbag. We've got your emails, faxes, and your notes. Perhaps today he'll read yours. Perhaps today he'll read yours. Perhaps today he'll read yours. Most likely he won't. That's exactly right. I won't. I'm not going to. Thank you to Mark Schaefer and the Schaeferettes for all of that. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad here? Uh, yes, thank you, Mr. Tony. Bethesda Bagels, we love them. We got the bagel sandwich today, and sausage sandwiches were delivered. So I know you were happy about that. Uh, just stop by. Michael, uh, Michael was so petulant about this, and he just, you know, I, I told him you could have a sausage sandwich, and he said he would just throw it out. We're not throwing it out. I love the sausage sandwiches. I do. Go to, we should just go to have sausage bagels. sandwiches. Go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the Washington, D.C. area nearest you. That'll just about do it for us today. But before he gets to the mailbag, let me say, hey, Ridley, you got any Beemans? Loan me some, will you? I'll pay you back later. That is a line spoken in The Right Stuff, in the movie The Right Stuff. Um, and I believe the person who supplies the Beemans to the pilot is uh, Levon Helm of the band. That is um, correct. Is Levon Helm still with us? He's not with us anymore, I don't no, think. No, Levon sadly, Helm. no, he is no longer signing, no. But he provides the Beemans. That is a recurrent theme in the movie, The Right Stuff. Go see that and, movie. Thanks to our... And, go ahead. I, and I checked. It is the Mercury 7. I was wrong on that. So all the hate mail come to me. I'm the moron in this one. And in most things, to be fair. <laughs> Thanks to our guests today. Meet the press host, Chuck Todd, our very own weatherman, Kip Scheman. Thanks to our sponsors, Vincero Watches, Lincoln Financial in Brooklyn. And remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio.com. If you get show through iTunes, please leave us a review. From Judge Schwab in Chicago. I've really enjoyed the Subaru bashing over the past few weeks, and I've debated sharing this story. My much older and much less attractive brother, Mark, regularly tells deeply personal and painful stories about me. He thinks it's hilarious. Anyway, despite this, I asked him to be my best man a few years ago. On top of the normal stress that comes with the wedding, I was riddled with anxiety for weeks about the best man's speech. What would he say? How 
long would it last? When the moment finally came, he mostly spared me. Instead, he lambasted our hardworking PhD father for not being a real doctor and for owning not only a Subaru, but a Mazda Miata as well. Our dad still vows revenge. Guess you can add being spiteful to a Subaru driver's list, long list of enviable qualities. And truly sorry for not sending you an invitation, but if I remember correctly, there was a show a couple of years ago where Saliza attended one of these events and then complained about each guest not receiving their own basket of bread. Anyway, knowing there was a non-zero chance that Saliza would show up, lurk about, and demand more dinner rolls, just didn't seem worth the risk. Tell that guy to eat it. From Anthony in Huntington, New York, with which I have familiarity, to start, I have a confession. I own a Subaru. This may come as a shock, seeing as I have no kids and haven't gone hiking in years. When I bought my Subaru, I assured myself that the stereotypes were overblown. Then I received my first edition of Drive, the magazine from Subaru. Oy vey. The cover proudly advertises stories such as Rise of the Road Trip and Trekking Wisconsin's Ice Age Trail. Inside, you can find notes from other Subaru owners, or Subies as we are apparently known, oh. talking about their recent exploits and how all of their children now also have Subarus. On the last page, there are unbelievable product recommendations. For instance, Jane writes in to let us know how much she loves using her REI co-op trail-breaking trekking poles while on Trekking hikes pole. near her winter home in Pazcuaro, Mexico. Sheepskin gloves for 500 Some people clearly ask the question, can we make Saliza seem likable, but not the follow-up? At what cost? Uh, from Dan in Manhattan, let me get this straight. Meat sold within 150 yards of a tire is second-rate grub for the unwashed masses. But we're all in on Rhonda dumping a cardboard box full of ribeyes on our stoop next to a Power Bill Johnny O catalog and a box of pens. Bon appetit, Dan writes. <laughs> Mike in Ottawa. I was very excited yesterday morning when I heard about the advice you received from your mail carrier about getting a card to fill out so you can get all your mail that was shipped to Chatter. I, too, recently had a change of address and could use one of those cards. She suggested, but not, uh, not sure how to get one. And here's, wait for this. Help me, Rhonda. Help, help me, Rhonda. That's funny. That's funny. Our pal Brad Weiss writes, Dear Dr. Grandpa, now that you've begun to do live reads for solo stove and fire pits, I understand that the North American Association of Volcanologists may be calling with some sponsorship ideas. They're represented by David Falk, so keep an eye out for his text. Triple parked. From Mike in Patchogue, New York, that's in Suffolk County on Long Island, I heard your plug for Solo Stove on the show. It was like hearing Mr. Tony do an ad for mountain climbing gear. Since Michael hasn't had a chance to use it yet, I can tell you from personal experience that it's a great product. I have the Solo Stove Titan, and I used it while living in my van traveling across North America for a year in 2019. Now that I'm settled, I use it as a fire pit stove, and I love it. No smoke, great heat, portable, great quality. You should feel comfortable recommending this to your listeners. And thanks for the show, which I've enjoyed religiously for years. From Ron, just wanted to give a thanks to introducing our family to Roberto Dona. Even though he is a great Italian chef, his food is not only Italian. Everything's so easy to prepare, and it's all great and a good deal also. You get five meals for, di for, meals for five days. It really makes one part of your life easier during these trying times. Thanks again. We have it. We have it almost every week, except when he takes a week off or except when we get the, um, the butcher box stuff. Last night, we had a fantastic veal dish. He's doing American this week. He's doing American. So he did a veal dish with, with Parker House Rolls. For those of you who don't know, you may know what a Parker House Roll is. What you don't know is it actually originated in the Parker House in Boston, Massachusetts, where I have been and eaten those rolls. He's a great chef. You know how to get involved in this if you want to. It, it, and I said this to Carol the other night. When I cook, and I've cooked a lot lately, I've done a lot of grilling over the last seven months. Even in the cold, I've done a lot of grilling. 
It's always the same, though. It's always chicken thighs or steaks or hamburgers or pork chops. I mean, that's all I got. That's all I can do. That's my grilling expertise. His meals are so different. They're just not meals you would get unless you went out. That, that's my whole point. You don't get these meals unless you go out. They're so to complete. Pre- they are totally complete. When you prepare them and you eat them, you just go, wow, I, this, is, this is good. The finishing touches we don't keep in our kitchens. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's totally sauces, wonderful. glazes. Totally wonderful. If you're out on your bike time, everyone, as always, do wear white. I hate squirrels. <laughs>
Yeah, my heart is beating.